0: We're starting a brand new series today called Jonah, and uh, I bet you can figure out who we're going to talk about. We got really creative with this title, but uh, uh, the book of Jonah is found in the Old Testament, and so uh, I'm going to tell you we're going to be talking from the book of Jonah, so it's like a real small book, only four chapters, so you might as well start looking for it now because by the time we start reading it, you may just find it by then. So uh, uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, but uh, how many of you like to run? You like to go running. Okay, so, so, so a fair few of you. You are probably the ones, you've got like the special running shoes. You are the ones, you've got all the gear. You've got maybe the special shorts, you know, the funky ones with the slits on the side. Uh, you maybe have got that fit watch. Who's got those watches, like those fit watches? Anyone in here? no, like one person. That That's it. Like, I, I know a ton of people who are just walking around with these Fit Watches now, and they got the apps to go with it. Maybe you've got like the special pouch on your arm to put the iPad in, or the, sorry, the iPod in. That'd be pretty crazy if you're walking, running around with an iPad, uh, an iPod on, on your arm. And you're the serious runner. You're the one, it's like you get up at six in the morning, you go running. It's like before anyone else has even brushed their teeth, like you're back and you're feeling it like full of energy, how many of you just even just sweat it a little? Just even the thought of running this morning, yeah, I'm like with you. Just even the thought of going running like makes me want to like sweat and go crazy. But there are many reasons that people like to run. Uh, the number one reason people like to run is to exercise. They they like to keep healthy. They like to keep fit. Some like to do it to lose some weight. Then there are others who like to run. They like to clear their mind. They like to get out at five in the morning on a cold morning just to clear. Their their minds when I'm thinking I can clear my mind like in my bed on five five thirty in the morning, not a problem. Then there are those those crazy people. They just like to feel the pain. You know what I mean? Like, they like to feel the burn. It's like my legs are burning because I ran. It's like those crazy cr- CrossFit people. The only reason you go to CrossFit is so the next day your legs can be burning like crazy. And you can't walk. And you, like, walk like this. And that's why like some people, like, they like to run because they like the burn. And if they're not burning, their legs are not burning and in pain. They don't feel they're doing anything with their life at all. Then there are some they like to run just to get the sense of accomplishment. There's lots of people who have got on their bucket list, I would like to run a marathon before I hit the bucket. And so people run for accomplishment. And then you get a few weird people who just like wearing like lycra and spandex and stuff like that. So that's why they go out and stay away from those people. So there's people who like to run, physically run, but then there's others who they run, but they don't physically run. They run for other reasons. You've got politicians who run for office, or you've got people who run towards a goal in their life. And these type, this type of running, whether it's physical running, or it's running for office, or it's running for a goal, this is the good type of running. It gives purpose. You're running towards something. You're running towards a goal. Uh, and, And this is a good type of running. Actually, this is a biblical type of running as well. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it said, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So that means in this journey of faith, we are on a race. We are running in this journey of faith. And so we are running towards something, towards a destination, which ultimately is heaven. This is a good type of running. While running towards something is often healthy, there is also an unhealthy type of running as well. And that is when you run from something. See, healthy running is running towards something. Unhealthy running is running from something. A good example of this is a fugitive. A fugitive on the run. Someone breaks out of prison. Did you know that of all the people who have ever been on the FBI's most wanted fugitive list, and there's a whole lot of people, 94% of those people have been caught and put back in prison, and most of them for a longer sentence than what they had before. So if you're thinking about breaking out of prison anytime soon, I would like advise against it. The chances are not good at all. Your chances are pretty slim. And we've even seen over the last couple of months on the news, our news was filled with two guys who broke out of a New York State prison. And they were on the run and they were running from prison, but they didn't run very long because eventually they were shot dead. And so don't run. So I got this friend... Uh, called Randy. Randy lives in Virginia, and Randy is a uh, special ed teacher. And I saw him a couple of weeks ago, um, and he was telling us about some of the students that are in his class or over in his supervision. And he was saying that there's this one kid, he is a runner. And what I mean by a run, it's like you take your eyes off for him for a moment and he just runs. Wherever he is, he just like bolts for it and runs. And so there's been times that he has just ran out of school and the school is right on a main road. And so it's pretty, pretty scary the fact that this kid just runs and he just bolts. And so do you know what they've done? They've put an ankle bracelet on this kid. And so, so they can track him. I'm like, I bet this kid, every time he goes to school, he's like, this school's like a prison man, you know? And he's like, he's like they put this ankle bracelet on him, so he can be tracked because he is a runner. He's constantly running from people. And that is like a lot of people in life. They are running from people. They're running from situations, running from things. And when you're running towards a goal, often life comes into perspective for you. Life becomes clearer when you're running towards something. But when you start running from something, life starts to become a struggle and life starts to become difficult. So right now, this morning, I ask you, are you running from anything? Are you running from somebody or a situation are you running away? Are you running away from a conflict that, that you're in? Are you running away from the pain and the baggage of your past? Are you running away from a bad debt and you got some debt collector who keeps calling you and you're getting letters in the mail and you like just rip them up, pretend that they never came and like throw them in the trash. But you know that you are running from that debt. Are you running from that broken relationship or maybe that wrong choice that you made? Are you running from something this morning? See, too many people find that they are constantly running in life and a person who constantly runs eventually gets tired. It's tiring if you keep running in life. So what happens in your life when you start to run not just from a conflict or not just from a a, a bad relationship or your past or a debt? What happens when you start running from God? Take a moment right now. Give yourself a gut check. I'm not talking about the gut check where you look in the mirror and think, "Wow, my gut's getting bigger." I'm talking about the gut in your soul. You know, you have a soul check this morning. Are you running from God or to God? When you woke up this morning, did you wake up running towards God or did you wake up running from God? You're like, "Well, Alex, I'm in church this morning. It doesn't matter." Are you running towards God or are you running from God? See, the Proverbs tell us in Proverbs 18, chapter 10, it says that the Lord, the Lord God, is a strong tower. The righteous run into him and they are safe. So that means when the pain of life is too much, when the waves of life come crashing down or they get too high, to find safety and peace in this life, the Bible tells us we're to run towards God. Running towards God is a safe place in this life. However, however, far too often, we find ourselves running from God instead of to God. Instead of that safe place that is God, that we find peace and and health and, and security, we start running from God. And the reason for this is quite simple. We want to control and decide our own path in life and not let God decide. We want to be in control of our own lives and not let God decide the path for our own lives. Let me explain. So there was once a man called Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God and what that means was Jonah would receive a message from God and it was Jonah's job then to tell that message to a person who God intended it for or a people group. That was Jonah's job. He was a prophet and most scholars believe that Jonah was actually a real person. There was actually a man who lived on this earth called Jonah. And they say he lived around 750 BC. So the guy was old. That was a long, long time ago. They didn't even have, like, smartphones back then. I mean, what would we do, you know, in 750 BC? Then others, there's other scholars, not as many, but there are others who believe that Jonah's story is what we call an allegory or a parable. Uh, Meaning it wasn't a true story, it's just fiction. And they would date Jonah's story around about 4 or 5 BC. So four or 500 years before Jesus was born. Now I believe personally that Jonah's life was a real account. But even if it wasn't, it doesn't matter. Because the message of his story is still the same. So this is the story. God told Jonah being a prophet of God, go to the city of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a huge city uh, that was a growing city at the time. Eventually, Nineveh would become the capital of the Assyrian Empire, which was a big empire in the Middle East. Now, the people of Nineveh, they did not worship the God of Jonah, which the Bible tells us is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's the God that we serve and we worship. That's the reason we're here today. That's the God who sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth and die for the sins of mankind. So the people of Nineveh did not worship this God. And the Bible even tells us that the people of Nineveh, they were evil people and they did evil things in their city. Now God's plan for Nineveh was that Nineveh would hear the truth about God, about who God really is, to basically turn from your wicked ways, turn from serving all these other gods and come and serve me. So God told Jonah, Jonah, go to the city of Nineveh and basically tell my truth to the people of Nineveh. And you know what Jonah's first response was? It was to run. I mean, he bolted as soon as he did. As soon as he heard it, Jonah started to run and run hard. He didn't run towards Nineveh. But instead, he ran in the opposite direction in order to get away from God. He didn't hear uh, God say, go to Nineveh. And then he got on his running shoes. He, you know, he got his iPod in his like pocket on his, on his arm. He didn't put his like spandex or lycra on. And like, yeah, we're going to run there as fast as we can. No, he just grabbed his bag and he bolted in the opposite direction. And I've read, I read this story so many times, and I've often wondered, why did Jonah run? As soon as God says, go to Nineveh, Jonah just bolts in the opposite direction. It's like saying to your kids, it's like, okay, you want to eat some vegetables? And it's like they bolt in the, in the opposite direction. You want to go to bed? and It's like you can't find them anywhere. They're, like, they're hiding. And, and I've often wondered, why did Jonah run immediately? What happened in Jonah's past that made him not trust God? Or, or not want to trust God. What was Jonah's state of heart at the time? Now, we know from chapter 4 of Jonah, and we'll deal with that in, in, later on in the series, that Jonah had some pride issues going on in, in his heart. He was also a little self-righteous. And he thought the people of Nineveh did not deserve the grace of God or the forgiveness of God. But obviously, Jonah's heart at the time was not entirely right with God. And if God was to come and ask you today to ask you to do something that you feel a little uncomfortable in doing, what do you think your response would be? If God wanted you to do something that was out of your comfort zone, and it was as clear as day, and you knew it was God, what would you do? Would you run towards God or would you run from God? Run towards him or run from him? Jonah decided to run away from God. And just at the beginning of the story of Jonah, we see that there are three lies that Jonah believed, that many of us believed, that, that, that are absolute lies, and they have no place being in our minds and our hearts and our lives. And so I want to discuss these lies to you today. So if you've got your Bibles, open the, your Bibles to Jonah chapter 1. And in a moment, we're going to start reading at verse 1. But this is the first lie. Line number one, if we run from God, we can keep control of our lives. If we run from God, we can keep control of our lives. Look, this is the story of Jonah. Jonah chapter one. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. Verse 3. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He brought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So God says, go to Nineveh. Jonah bolts, goes the opposite direction. And then Jonah goes to Joppa. Now we're not talking about Joppa town down here. It's not like going down on the Merino or, or whatever down there, down onto Route 40 and then beyond. J- Joppa was a port on the west coast of Israel. And so God told Jonah, go to Nineveh. Nineveh was safe. This is where Jonah is. Nineveh is over here in what is now modern-day northern Iraq. So he was to go to here. Joppa is here. And then he gets to Joppa, and he finds a ship that is sailing to a place called Tarshish, which is basically in southern Spain. So Jonah was supposed to go to here, from here to here, but instead Jonah went here, intending to go here. He went in the total opposite direction to what God told him to go to. And the problem with this type of thinking is if we think, if we run away from God, then we'll be okay and we can control our lives. See, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Jonah wanted to do his own thing, so he decided to run away from God. Now, the problem with this, in Psalms 137, it tells us that you cannot, Get away from God, for God is everywhere. It's as if we go up to the mountain, God is there. If we go down into the depths of the sea, God is there. There's a word that we use in Christianity. It's called omnipresent. And what it means is that God is a God who is everywhere at the same time. It is impossible to escape from God. And due to this fact... The further we try to run from God, the more effort and energy we spend running. It's tiring work when you start running from God. I got two cousins, one's named Stephen, one named Simon. They are both in their 40s and in their teenage years, they decided to run from God. Where their parents, they were believers of Jesus Christ. Their sister had given their life to Jesus Christ. all, All their extended family were believers in Jesus Christ. They decided, we do not want this Jesus thing. We want to do our own thing and the problem is is both Stephen and Simon knew that God had a plan for them they'd heard all their lives that God had a plan God had a purpose God wanted to use them in great ways and when they heard that they bolted and they ran in the opposite direction and they were they were two guys who through their 20s and 30s who tried as much as they can to run away from God to disprove God to to show that God is just a phony that God is not real that God does does not love us, and so they spend their whole lives, or they spend their last 30 years of their lives being consumed, trying to win a fight that they're never going to win trying to run away from God, disproving that there is not a God, living a life that is opposite to the commands of God. But the problem is God has got a plan for them, and their lives will never be fulfilled until they start walking in that plan. And so now they are searching, and now they're finding life difficult and hard. And for the last 30 years, they have struggled and struggled and struggled in life because they've been trying to run away from God instead of running to God. See, when we run, there is a constant struggle. And life is too short for there to be a struggle. Life is too short for you to be in a constant state of struggle. And some of you, 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 you are young. And maybe you're in your 20s or your early 30s. And let me tell you. Life goes so quick. Uh, don't take life for advantage. If you're in a struggle right now, do whatever you can to get out of that struggle because life is too short to struggle. You see, running away from God, in fact, causes you to lose control. See, it's a lot easier to control what you're running towards than what you're running from. And if you really want to control your life, you need to start running towards God instead of running away from God. See, when we surrender to the call of God, when we hear the voice of God like Jonah heard, when we actually surrender to the call of God, it's scary. But sometimes God will ask us to do things that are way bigger, uh, way harder than whatever we thought or imagined we could do ourselves. But the peace. And the comfort that comes with the call of God and listening to the call of God and running to God is so much worth it. I'd rather have the peace and the comfort of God, running towards God, doing something that is scary than running away from God, trying to keep control of my life and having no peace or comfort. So don't believe line number one. When you run from God, you can keep control of your life because most of the time when you run from God, you lose control of your life. Line number two, we believe this at times. If I run from God, it won't affect anybody else. If I run from God, it won't affect anybody else. See, people who go on the run have one goal, not to get caught, right? That's their goal. They don't want to get caught. And that becomes their focus. And then they start to to not give a thought for other people. See, runners are single-focused. They've got a goal in mind. And those who run from something or run from somebody, or run from God, they do not understand the trail of destruction that they often leave along the path. See, when we run from God, our craziness, and we've all got craziness, you've got craziness, and you know your craziness. When we run from God, our craziness and our wrong choices start to impact others in greater ways than what we could ever imagine. Look at this, Jonah chapter 1, verse 4. It says, but the Lord, once Jonah's on the ship towards Spain, it says, the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives and desperate, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help, and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep in the hold of the ship. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. So Jonah gets in the ship. He's running away from God, and God brings a storm upon the ship. Now, I think these guys are they're either fishermen or they're experienced seamen. And there is a storm that comes so much that they are fearing for their lives. And you know what Jonah's doing all this time while all this craziness is going on? Jonah's sleeping. Jonah's not giving a care about anybody else. He's not giving a thought for anybody else. See, it's tiring when you run from God. And often you want to just go into yourself and and sleep and and, and not care for others. And when you're sleeping, you don't always realize that other people's lives are at stake. See, this is the lie. When we run from God, it won't affect anybody else. But the reality is when we run from God, it will affect other people every single time. So you don't know how, if you're running from God, how it's affecting other people, affecting your family or your friends or your neighbors. You don't know how it's affecting that stranger who you are meant to meet in years to come. But because you're running from God, you may never meet that person. See, it affects other people when we are running towards God and we are in the plan of God for our lives. God aligns our lives so that when we affect people, we affect people for good. But when we run from God, we affect people, but we affect people for bad. Don't believe the lie that if you're running from God, it won't affect anybody else because if you're running, it will affect others and it will affect them more than what you could ever imagine. So line number three. If I run from God, no one will find out. If I run from God, no one will find out. My mother would always say to me, she goes, Alexander, because that's what they call me, be sure your sins will find you out. And she would often say that after she knew I had done something, but I was like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, I didn't do anything. She knew I had done something. And she said, be sure your sins will find you out. Basically, this is what she was saying. She says, When you do things that aren't right, when you're running away from God or sinning against God or others, eventually it's going to come to the surface. You can't just run and hide it under the carpet and think nobody else is going to find out. See, I wonder how many of those fugitives on the FBI's most wanted list actually sat down in their cell and thought, okay, I've got a great breakout plan. See, this is what most of them think about. I've got a great plan to escape. Who's seen the Shawshank Redemption? You know, I mean, they've got a great way of of getting out of the prison. But most of them are so short-sighted, they don't think, okay, what's actually going to happen once we get out of prison? They don't think through, okay, what will happen if I actually get caught? What are the consequences? Because nobody thinks they're going to get caught. I wonder how many of us think through the consequences before we actually make a wrong choice. We know we're going to make a wrong choice, but before we've done it, we're so impulsive, we do it. I wonder how many of us actually think of the consequences. I wonder how many of us realize that those who hold on to their lives will actually lose their lives. And those who give their lives away, they will save their lives. Jesus said that in Luke chapter 17 and verse 33. You see, when you're running, eventually someone's going to find you. When you're running, eventually you're going to get caught. And if you're running from God, God sees everything that's going on. Let's take a look at what happened to Jonah. So Jonah's asleep. He's been woken up by the captain of the ship. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? Get up. Pray to your God. In verse 7 of Jonah chapter 1, says, Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. That's why I hate lots. You know, if you ever do lots for anything, I always get the short straw. I always do. I don't know why. I think I'd be like Jonah. I'm like, Jonah got that short straw, and he's like, oh, man, they found me. Then it says this. um, They cast lots to see who had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. See, now in today's society, in our culture, in our educated culture, we try to analyze things. Back then in 750 BC, they just cast lots. And if you drew the short, 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 that was it, You're, you're Ghana. It's like your head was off. That was it. Then they said this in verse 8. Why has this awful storm come down upon us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you you from? What is your nationality? Because all those things are important, right? When a big storm's coming on. It's like, what's your nationality? Have you got your papers? You got your green card? Like, verse 9. Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified. And when they heard this, for they had o- for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. So he was kind of partially truthful. He said, yeah, I'm running away from somebody. But he didn't really tell them who he was running away from. Then they said this. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? And Jonah comes up with this crazy solution. I'm like, I'm not sure if I would have thought about this one. Verse 12, he says, throw me into the sea, Jonah said. I'm like, what is he thinking? And it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. So now he's going through a moment of humility. He's been found out. And he's saying, okay, it's, it's, it's my deal. Then verse 13, it said, instead the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to the land. Because they didn't want to throw the guy overboard. They didn't want that on their conscience, you know. They get to Tarshish and they're like, why isn't everybody on board? They're like, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Jonah. I think he died like going after a dolphin or something, you know. Then it says this, verse 14, then they cried out to the Lord. Jonah's God. Oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. You see how your lives can affect other people, especially when you're running from God. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then I love this part, verse 15. It says, then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea. I mean, it's like, no, no, we don't, want, we don't want to throw you in the sea. It gets more, and they're like, okay, just throw him in there. Let's get rid of this guy. And it says, and as soon as they threw him into the raging sea, the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice, and they vowed to serve the Lord. See, Jonah thought he could get away with running from God no one will find out it's just between me and God you know it's like this is my deal it it doesn't affect anybody else no one's gonna find out what's going on it's like like God isn't really here in person right he's not really talking to other people that's what we think but yet Jonah didn't realize that others would find out you know the Bible says that pride comes before a fall and if you think that you can do better with your life than God can do with your life, then watch out because there's going to be a big fall in your future. I have these like, weird feet and like weird legs, and I have a weird walk. I'm like, people have commented on it before. I know it. It's okay. I, like, I try to like, make it stylish, but it doesn't work all the time. And this is what often happens. I'm like walking in the mall or walking in the street and then I'm like and I'm like and I trip over myself. I'm like always tripping over. And like I try to hide it and I'm like, you know, like try to like make it like Like really good, but it doesn't happen. I always like trip over and I'm like, I wish I really knew how to stop tripping over. Maybe I like should like start looking at my feet instead of like looking at all the other things around. And there's always that smart guy or girl, you know, who you hear, you you trip, you're trying to hide it. And they shout out, next time you take a trip, send me a postcard, you know. And, And you're like, you're trying to hide your fall. But you can't because it's obvious when you fall, others will see. And the problem is with a fall, other people see it and your little secret comes out and you're exposed. If you're running from God, don't believe the lie that no one will find out because eventually people will find out. See, running from God is a dangerous business. I wouldn't recommend it. It isn't that God is a slave master and He keeps a slave to 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 Him. He keeps us captive. He keeps us in chains. It's not like we're in prison and we're trying to escape from God. He doesn't even put an ankle bracelet around us. Even the Virginia schools put ankle bracelets around you. God doesn't even put an ankle bracelet around you. In fact, God has given you something called free will to make your own choices in life. However, when you start to run from God. You run out from the umbrella of God's protection, and that is when you are open to the dangers of this life. And the long and short of it is this. God has a plan for your life. It's a great and incredible plan that is full of small blessings and big victories. He wants to use you for his greater purposes. And that was his plan for Jonah. He wanted to use Jonah in great ways. He had a plan for Jonah that was great. And if Jonah could only look past himself and trying to keep control of his own life, then he would have seen that there is a God who cares. There is a God who loves. There is a God who wants the best for you. In fact, he would have seen that there is a God in heaven who cares more about you than you actually care about yourself. He would have understood that life is full when we run towards God. And life is empty and painful when we run from God. So what is God speaking to you today about? What is God asking you to do in your life right now? What is God telling you to do? Where is God telling you to go? And who is God telling you to go talk to? See, when God starts telling you things, we can run, but we can only run for so long. But if we just just surrender to what God is telling us to do and go do it, life becomes so much more fuller. Go do it and see how God will use you. Yeah, it's scary talking to the person in the cubicle next to your work about God. Yeah, it's scary when when you maybe go on a missions trip or you you go here or go there. But go do it because if God is for you, then things are going to be so much better. Back in 2001, in the summer of 2001, I had this burning voice inside my heart telling me to write a letter. And it was a letter to Prime Minister of England at the time, Tony Blair. And it just wouldn't shake for me. And I'm like, God, what the heck? I'm not, why am I going to write a letter to the Prime Minister? He's not even going to read it. One of his aides are, rip it up, whatever, send me a letter back. Thank you for your letter. But this is what I felt God says. Tell him that great destruction's on the way and great things are, are going to happen in this world that are going to shatter society. And things are going to be very difficult for you in the next couple of years. And I just felt God say that to me. And I wrestled with it for weeks upon weeks, even a couple of months, to the point where I decided, no, I am not going to send a letter to the prime minister because he's the prime minister. Who am I? He's not even going to read it. It's probably not even God anyway. It's just me being zealous in my young age. And then September 11th happened, 2001. And it just didn't affect people in the United States. It affected people all over the world. And I didn't think about it at the time. And then a couple of months later, I was lying in a hospital bed with a broken leg from playing soccer. Some guy just, like, nasty, like, snapped my leg in half. I mean, it was nasty. So I was lying in this hospital bed, and I looked, turned on the TV, and we'd gone to war with Iraq. And I saw Tony Blair there standing talking about how the United Kingdom and the United States had gone to war against Saddam Hussein and with Iraq. And I remember God just speaking to me at that point. This is why you should have wrote that letter. And I don't know if he would have ever read that letter or not. I don't know if it would have made any difference or not. But all I know is at that moment I did not obey the call of God on my life. I did not obey the commands that God was telling me to do. And I realized that God tells you things for a reason. And if you follow the call of God, you will see how God's path, even though it's winding and sometimes it doesn't make sense, eventually it will lead to somewhere and you will be astounded and think, wow, there is a God in heaven who cares, who loves, who wants the best for people, not the worst of people. And if Jonah could have only seen this, We're going to find out next week he got into a whole lot of bother. And you don't want to get into a whole lot of bother. So quit running from God and run to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer.